It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Episode 47, Shamgar and the 600 Philistines, Part 2. About to be caught between Jabin and Sisera coming from the north and a flank assault by the Philistines led by Amahimelech from the west, all that stood between Israel and disaster was Deborah and a simple herdsman named Shamgar. Deborah stared in horror as the Philistines came down upon the road headed into the town towards Shamgar. She glared at the hills which were being crowded with Philistine troops while only a trickle of her people had crossed into the town. There would be virtually no defense for the town, but her focus was on Shamgar, who was shoved to the ground and was now surrounded. She remembered the dream when Barak said that all had escaped, and overcome with the motion and touched by God, and remembering her word from God in the dream, she fell to the ground. In desperation, praying like one possessed, she cried out, God, you said no one would die. All would escape. God, we call upon you. God, save us. Save our people. When Deborah's knees hit the ground, the terror in the air melted. A peace returned the atmosphere, a substance that could almost be touched. It felt like the wind had stopped blowing, and everything changed on the field. Deborah was possessed to pray and to intercede and to prophesy while the same spirit came upon Shamgar in power and strength. The moment Deborah's knees hit the ground, Shamgar, who had been kicked three more times, reached for his ox goad and grabbed it and swung it into the kneecaps of the last man who kicked him into the shin of another as he spun, and delivered it into another. With quick succession, the three remaining Philistines fell to the ground, and Shamgar, possessed by the spirit, fought tenaciously. From afar, Abahimelech couldn't believe his eyes. He watched as this, his men fell to the ground. Shamgar stood with his ox goad, and behind him was a woman on her knees on the far side of the bridge desperately, ecstatically screaming what sounded like prayers. Behind her was the town and her servant, running around wildly in what looked like the beginnings of the Israelites' escape into the town. His time was limited, and he knew it, but he was afraid all of a sudden. In fact, fear was in the air. Fear of this man who just tore down his soldiers. One man just took down six of his men. He waved at his trusted captain, Marshal, to take Shamgar and the bridge. Marshal marched with a hundred men to take on Shamgar. Marshal advanced with his hundred men. A Dagon priest walked behind them, conducting vile macro sacrifices and even cutting himself while he shouted evil prophecies, urging on the Philistines. Twenty archers deployed themselves on the flanking sides of Shamgar, while eighty men marched toward Shamgar. Once they reached Shamgar, they stopped. 
As the largest of the Philistines from this group of a hundred, a head taller than the rest of them, stepped forward to attack Shamgar. He hurled his huge spear at Shamgar, who casually dodged it. Then Shamgar took three steps forward and hurled his ox goat into the giant, who collapsed when the ox goat tore into him. Immediately, terror filled the Philistines as Shamgar screamed and filled with the spirit and through the prayers of Deborah ran and pulled his ox goat immediately and found himself in the middle of 79 Philistines. And using the melee as his advantage, he found unlimited targets as he took down, took out the legs and feet of the Philistines. And while archers closed in, he went further inside the Philistine group, so much so that their arrows hit their own men. One by one, the Philistines fell. Soon dozens were falling by his relentless assault. It was as if he was everywhere, but invisible, until he tore through the line of soldiers and stood face to face with the witch of Dagon, who when he looked at Shamgar face to face, his eyes filled with terror, dropped everything in his hands, and ran for his life, screaming words that could not be understood. Behind the enemy line, he took his ox goad, and ran behind the line, even with it, falling dozens more Philistine soldiers who did not know he was behind them, for they were defenseless and armorless in the rear. After fifty Philistines lay on the field, Marsal raised his hand and pulled his men and archers back. Abahimelech walked up to Marsal as he came back with his fifty remaining men. Marshall shouted at the king, He is not a mortal. Furious, Abahimelech stared at him. Then what is he? Marshall responded, If he is not a god, he must be possessed by one. Abahimelech tore away from Marshall. He stared at another one of his commanders, Holdak. Take him out. And Holdak took his cavalry, two hundred horses, and galloped towards Shamgar, side by side in a column of one hundred horses' length. They advanced towards Shamgar. Shamgar watched as Holdak's lieutenant came forward in a black horse as, as the lead horse. Menace covered the face of the horse and its rider until it approached Shamgar. But soon that menace turned into the horror of death as Shamgar rolled to his side and he tore into the lead horse with his ox goad, which toppled with the other lead horse. Abahimelech, watching from afar, marveled at the power of his horsemen until witnessing their collapse and the shattering and halting of the charge until the field was covered in dust. And Abahimelech could not see the battle, but only periodically he could see signs of the chaos between the screams of his men. And when the dust settled... The view of the field was appalling. Abahimelech shouted at his guards, Her, who is she? And as he pointed to Deborah, as he could hear her prayers over the screams of his men, She is the prophetess of Israel. What's she doing? Prophesying and praying. He stared at his twelve priests of Dagon. What are you doing? Get out there and curse her. She's the one behind him. The priest, quite afraid, cautiously advanced. Now archers, pull the archers and surround that man. 
Then Abimelech screamed for Marshall and commanded him to assemble the entire army so they could take the town. Marshall cautioned Abimelech, I wouldn't advise this action. It is unwise. He is not a mortal, he said as he pointed at Shamgar. The archers advanced. Shamgar stood in one place on the road as Deborah remained on her knees, eyes closed, praying incessantly that no one would die as God had said. Sometimes she shouted, other times she was quiet. It seemed to flow with the spirit of the battle. Hundreds of archers came upon Shamgar, followed by the priest of Dagon. Behind them was the rest of the army and Holdak's iron chariot. The archers began their barrage of Shamgar. Hundreds and then thousands of arrows were fired at Shamgar. Shamgar just stood in the road as every one of the arrows missed him. The archers formed an arc about 20 feet from Shamgar and fired incessantly, but none of them could hit Shamgar. They would fly straight to the ground. They would fly over him. When they reached Shamgar, they would arc away from him. Nothing could hit him. The archers were amazed and dangerously stepped closer and closer when Shamgar ran at the center of them, destroying their arc and formation and many of them. After bursting through their line, he cut behind them again, cutting down many more from the backside with his ox goad. Upon Shamgar's attack on the archers, the prophets of Dagon began to shout their evil prophecies and curses until it went up to a feverish pace. Deborah could be heard shouting as well. But just at that moment, a gigantic thunder-like sound was heard overhead. There was no light, but sound in the heavens, and the priest of Dagon had fallen to the ground. Terrified, shouting, the gods are with them, Every priest of Dagon ran as far away from the battle as possible. The confusion allowed Shamgar to run into the Philistine army and the huddled mass of thousands. In the middle of the enemy battle lines, they couldn't react to him. Spears could not hit him. Arrows could not be fired at him. He was too fast even for their swords. One by one, the Philistine battle lines turned into a huddled mass of colliding troops and humanity, hundreds more dead Philistines. But eventually it turned into an empty circle, thousands of Philistines in a circle, with no one in the middle but Shamgar. One by one, Holdak would order one of his men to take on Shamgar. One by one, Shamgar would defeat them. The greatest of the Philistines were killed that day. Holdak came forward to challenge Shamgar, and Shamgar was too quick and powerful for him. Holdak, even Abimelech's commander, fell victim to Shamgar. Then Abimelech ordered his other trusted lieutenant, Marsal, to take Shamgar on. Marsal stepped forward to take on Shamgar. Marsal was thrown down twice by Shamgar, and none of his lunges with his spear and sword made any contact. When Shamgar broke his spear, threw him to the ground, and walked toward him, Marshal did the unthinkable for a Philistine. He presented his sword in his hands in a bowing motion upon the ground as he walked away backwards from Shamgar. 
Abahimelech glared at Marcel. You surrender to this Hebrew? Marcel responded, He is not a mortal. I suggest we leave this field of battle now. This is not our place. Barak walked up to Garima, Deborah's servant, as she was still praying. How long has she been like this? Garima informed him of the entire situation, pointing out to the field where Shamgar was surrounded. For hours, my lord, she said. Barak put his hand on Deborah's shoulder politely and gently, easing her out of the spirit realm. He didn't look at her, but the field, and said these words, All of Israel is safe. We can hear Sisera and his chariots, but all of us have made it across the Kishon River. The northern bridge has been burned. Deborah eased herself out of the spirit, slowly taking it all in. Then Barak blew his shofar, and when he did, he was calling Shamgar home. Just as Marsal was walking away from Shamgar, the shofar blew, and the lines of the Philistines opened to allow Shamgar to walk to Barak and Deborah over the bridge. In fear and in honor, the Philistines opened the gap. The Philistines watched as this simple herdsman, who defeated every one of their mighty men, walked away from them in silence. Step by step, the Philistines walked with him, curious who this man was who destroyed their army, curious what man and God was capable of such action. Deborah and Barak walked to Shamgar and walked back across the bridge in silence and turned back facing the Philistines as Barak, carrying a torch, threw it on the oiled bridge, which exploded in flames, separating what was left of the Philistines from the Israelites. With great difficulty at flood stage, Jabin and Sisera found their way across the Kishon River. Jabin surveyed Shamgar's field and learned what happened and how one man destroyed this army. Jabin looked at Abahimelech. One man. One man did this. One man, Abahimelech responded. Israel got away. I destroyed thousands of them and their greatest warriors. On the fields of battle, do not tell me one man did this. Abahimelech looked at Jabin. We no longer can fight with you. What? Jabin said. Abahimelech stared at Jabin. We no longer can participate in our alliance. We now understand that we cannot resist a nation who believes in God, much less even a man who can believe to be possessed by the living God. However temporary God surrenders them to you, no man can resist God. No man can resist even one man possessed by the living God. Young Barak and a youthful Deborah and Shamgar were walking away from the burning town of Enoth, which was set ablaze to delay the advancing army of Jabin. They stopped outside of the town. Deborah looked at Barak. Take Naphtali and Zebulun and prosper them in the south until the hearts of the people change and they cry out to God 
And when they do, God will call upon you to deliver Israel from the hand of Sisera and Jabin. And the Lord's victory will be complete, and you will be able to restore the people to their land. Now remember, Barak, do not fear. When the Lord calls, answer him immediately and wholeheartedly, or he will give the glory to another. God has chosen you, so do not doubt him. Then she turned to Shamgar, and you, Shamgar. She said as the quiet giant looked at her, All of Israel shall remember your deeds today, and we will make sure of it that all of Israel knows of the glory that occurred today. hope you enjoy this episode of Message to Kings. Please shoot me an email this week and tell me what you thought of this episode at messagetokings at gmail.com. Next week, we get back to the action with a look at Prophetess Deborah and Barak from Judges chapter 4. Tune in next week to the Message to Kings podcast.